Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, Moses Speaks Face to Face with God. It'll be focused on the study of Exodus chapter 33 and 34. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it has been an amazing study to see the character of Moses and how it typifies Christ. Father, may you speak to us today as we read of your word and listen to the sermons. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Exodus chapter 33 and 34. Chapter 33 And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart, and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned. And no man did put on him his ornaments, for the Lord had said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, Ye are a stiff-necked people. I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment, and consume thee. Therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that every one which sought the Lord went out under the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass, when Moses went out unto the tabernacle, that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended, and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. 
And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Chapter 34 And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. And be ready in the morning, and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai, and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount, neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first. And Moses rose up early in the morning, and went up unto Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him and took in his hand the two tables of stone. And the Lord descended in the cloud, and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. And he said, If now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for thine inheritance. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant. Before all thy people I will do marvels, such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Observe thou that which I command thee this day. Behold, I drive out before thee the Amorite, and the Canaanite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land whither thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. But ye shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves. For thou shalt worship no other god, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous god. Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice unto their gods, and one call thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice. And thou take of their daughters unto thy sons, and their daughters go a-whoring after their gods, and make thy sons go a-whoring after their gods. Thou shalt make thee no molten gods. The feast of unleavened bread shalt thou keep. Seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread, as I commanded thee in the time of the month Abib. For in the month Abib thou camest out from Egypt. All that openeth the matrix is mine, and every firstling among thy cattle, whether ox or sheep that is male. But the firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb, and if thou redeem him not, then shalt thou break his neck. 
all the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem, and none shall appear before me empty. Six days thou shalt work, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. In earing time and in harvest thou shalt rest. And thou shalt observe the feast of weeks, of the firstfruits of wheat harvest, and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. Thrice in the year shall all your men children appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. For I will cast out the nations before thee, and enlarge thy borders. Neither shall any man desire thy land when thou shalt go up to appear before the Lord thy God thrice in the year. Thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven, neither shall the sacrifice of the feast of the Passover be left unto the morning. The first of the firstfruits of thy land thou shalt bring unto the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water, and he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. And it came to pass, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. And Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. And afterward all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded, and the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again, until he went in to speak with him. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon preached by Reverend William Branham that is titled, Make the Valley Full of Ditches. This was preached in 1953 on June the 9th in the evening. We'll begin at paragraph 2 up to paragraph 5. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. A while ago, there was a minister drove in uh, close to where I'm staying, and he said uh, he introduced himself, and he prays for the sick also, and he has a, a case of a sick girl. She's awful bad. I said, slip on up, brother, up to the meeting. And I said, they may give out cards today. We didn't give them out, however, this afternoon. And I said, and he said, brother Branham, we don't want a prayer card. We just want to watch its inspiration of the Lord, what brings us up to the healing. That man's right. He's got the idea. That's just what it takes, you see. It's the inspiration of it brings you up to that place where you see what God's doing. His presence is there. Now, do you know that God goes in certain places and then he'll be somewhere else? He'll be somewhere else. Did you know that? Didn't hear very many amen, but that's the truth, you see. And the presence of the Lord was there to heal the people. Is that right? And the Lord met Moses in the way. Remember? Met with him in the way when he went out. A lady in my church, Brother Beeler, uh, Mrs. Weber, she was dying with TB. She's in a sanitarium at the last stages. They sent her home to die, so there's nothing to be done for her. Mrs. Grace Weber, 
Jeffersonville. She lived just beyond the tabernacle. She had got five or six little children. So the angel Lord come to me that night and said, Go tell Mrs. Weber, and tell Mr. Weber, rather, to get things ready, or he's going to be left with those children on his hands for his wife's going. Well, I went and told Mr. Weber. I told his little girl, little Jean Rose, which is a nurse now. She's a little bitty fella then. She's a young lady now. It's been seven years ago or more. I said, Now, Jeannie, your mother's going to die. She can't live a little while longer. And two days after that, or three days, there were some ladies from the government depot there where she worked come in. And, she, and Grace, Mrs. Weber, said, if, if I could only have Brother Bill to pray for me once more. She said, I seen when my cousin Opal was he with that cancer. The doctor just gave her to morning to live, and her daughter's a nurse also. That, and that the girls from out the government where she worked with said, there ain't nothing to that guy. Said, he isn't nothing but a hypocrite. Said, that's all that religion is. It's just a bunch of fake fanaticism. And so Miss Weber said, look, I'm a dying, and I know that, but I just won't stand still for that. She said, I know better than that. She said, I've been lived right here around this city, around that man all the time. I've seen from a child growed up. She said, I know that you can call it fake if you want to. She said, but I've seen it just as, so much and seen God heal the people. She said, and I know the man's life, and I know it's the truth. And it happened to be the angel of the Lord heard that. And that very night, sitting on the side of my chair in the room, after I got up went and got a drink of water about 3 o'clock in the morning, sitting on a chair, I seen him come walking through the door. He said, tomorrow, Sunday, that they're going to pick Miss Weber up and bring her down. She'll be sitting on the right-hand side, far back in the tabernacle said, I heard her, and tell her, I heard her what she said, and tell her, Thus saith the Lord, she'll live and not die. <laughs> there you are. You go down and see her if you'd like to. It's been about seven years ago. All right. See? His presence was there when she was taken up for what was right. See? His presence was there. And he, he found her. So he come and told me what she had said, what she said to these women, and, said, and he had respect to her because she had respect unto what was representing God. So God will do the same thing for you. Uh, not to respect to me, but to respect to him, to Christ, the one who died for your healing. If you just give respects to him and his word, God will do the work for you. Amen. That is right. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham that is titled, the unveiling of God. This was preached in 1964 on June the 14th in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 47 up to paragraph 80. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Moses one time desired to see God and God told him to stand on the rock. And on the rock Moses stood and he seen God passed by and his back looked like the back of a man. God was in a whirlwind. God, while Moses standing on the rock, I guess you all see the picture out there the other day, we stood by that same rock and here's that light, the angel of the Lord, right there where Clap's standing, right on the bulletin board there now again. Notice, Jehovah of the Old Testament is Jesus of the New Testament. Amen. See, he's the same God just changing his form. Now, someone 
said the other day, a, a Baptist minister out in Tucson, how can you say that uh, Jesus and God would be the same person? I said, well, it's very easy if you just let your own thinking get away and think the Bible terms of it. They are the self-same being. God is a spirit. Jesus is the body that he was veiled in. I said, like in my home, to my wife, I am her husband. And I have a young daughter, Rebecca. I am her father. And I have a grandson. And his name is Paul. I am his grandfather. I am husband, father, and grandfather. And my wife has no claims on me as father or grandfather. She has claims on me alone as husband. And my daughter has no claims on me as husband or grandfather. She is my child. See? But yet all these three persons is the same person. Okay? That's God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's just the dispensation claims. God is saying the same God. God changed himself. Changes his form. If you notice here in Philippians, he said, not thinking it a robbery, but took the form of man. Now, the Greek word there for that form, I've been looking at it all day yesterday, trying to think out what it was. I find come with this word of amorphia. It's spelled E-N-M-O-R-P-H-E. Looking in the Greek to find out what amorphia was, I may pronounce that wrong. But the reason I spell it, whether the tape is released, the people, will, scholars, will know what I, I mean by it. He, uh, when the immorphia, that means that he changed himself. He, he come down. Now, the Greek word there means that something that could not be seen, yet it's there. And then it's changed, and the eye can catch it. See? Like Elijah was a dolphin. See, the, the servant couldn't see all those angels around there. And God just changed, not brought the angels down, but he changed the seeing of the servant. And there was the mountains full of angels and fire and horses of fire, chariots of fire all around his prophet. See, he changed the seeing. The, the thing is already there. So that what I'm trying to say that God that always was is here. The only thing he done when he become man, he changed his mask. See? He, he this uh, immorphia. He he changed himself to what he was to what he is. Or his mask uh, another act like in a great drama. Uh, as I was uh, speaking this morning, kind of catching up on this of Shakespeare. It's been a long time, but when Shakespeare wrote the the, the drama the uh, for King James of England, when he uh, the character of Macbeth, see Shakespeare did not believe in witches, but uh, uh, in the play for the king did believe in witches, so he had to include witches. See, and now in order to do this, they changed the cast. Becky here uh, and Carmen, 
They acted that in the, in the school where she just graduated a few weeks ago. Now, maybe one person played three or four parts. And in order to do that, he, he changed his mask. Sometimes he comes out, he's this character. And the next time he comes out, he's another character. But it is the same person all the time. And that's God. He changed himself from, from a pillar of fire to become a man. Then changed himself from that back into spirit again, that he might dwell in man. God acting in man, what he really was. Jesus Christ was God acting in man, in a man, in a man. That's what he was. He changed from the pillar of fire and then it come in which was a veil in the wilderness that hid God from Israel. Moses seen the shape of his body, but really he was hid all the time behind this pillar of fire, which was the Logos that went from God. Now, we find here, now since Pentecost, God is not acting uh, in man, or act, and now he's acting through man. See? He was acting in a man then, Jesus. Now he's acting through man that he has chosen for this purpose. God in the form of man, uh, he changed himself from the form of, of, a, of God to a form of man. He came in three names, three sons' names. He came in the son, name of the Son of, of Man, the Son of David, and the Son of God. Three sons' names. Now, He came first in the Son of, da uh, son of Man because He was a prophet. Now, Jehovah Himself called Ezekiel and the prophets Son of Man. What seest thou? Jesus never referred to himself as Son of God. He referred to himself as Son of Man. Because the, the Scriptures cannot be broken. There can be nothing broken in the Scriptures. Every word must be so. That's the way that I believe it. That's the way it's got to be. Not because I believe it, because it's the Word of God. Now, if you notice, in the beginning, one word. Page 1 in the Bible. In Genesis 1, we find out that the whole, all the sickness, all the sorrow, all the heartaches and everything that's ever happened to human beings came because one person disbelieved one word. Amen. Caused all this. That's the first of the Bible. In the last of the Bible, Revelation 22 the same God said, Whosoever shall take one word out of this or add one word to it. See, it must be word by word. Amen. Just the way it is. So therefore, I just take the little thing like I'm going someone always going over to you about the women uh, bobbing their hair. Now to me, as long as she does that, I don't care how saintly she does and how much she knows, she's still wrong. She wears shorts and these clothes like that. I don't care what she does, how much she can sing, how well she could preach, whatever she could do, 
what kind of a life she lives, it's still that one word's broke. See, it's got to be every word. Not a sentence, a word. One word. So the Bible is no private interpretation. It must be word by word the way it's written. We must believe that and not only believe it, but live it. If we don't live it, then we don't believe it. We just say we do. Like, uh, basing back to what I said, those disciples could not explain it, but they believed it anyhow. And they made their confession and lived to it. When all the rest of them walked away from it, they stayed with it. They believed it. That's the way we do. That's the way you got to do it. No matter what anybody else does, we believe it and then we act upon it. If you don't do it, then you don't believe it. Uh, Notice, now as he came, he had to come as son of man because the Holy Scripture said that he would, God would raise up a prophet to him. So he could not come calling himself the son of God because it wasn't that dispensation. He was the son of man prophesying to fulfill and revealing to them all the things that had been done in type what he was. Then he was on earth as son of man. Look at that seraphim open woman run to him and said, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He never as much as raised his head. She had no claims on him as son of David. She was a Gentile. No more than my daughter has claims on me as husband. Or my wife as daughter. Yet she is my daughter and my wife. She's my daughter in the gospel. But earthly she has no rights to call me a, a father. See, Now notice, this Gentile woman had no claims on him as son of David. But blind Barnabas did. See, he was a Jew. Now, he came as son of man. You have to know these words and these things. Look at Hattie Wright that time when the third pull, you remembered. Of all the everything, that woman said the right thing. You've got to say that right word. The right thing to God. Notice. Now, he came first as a prophet, and they crucified him. His own crucified him. He came as the Son of Man. Then after the Holy Spirit came, he was then the Son of God. God is a Spirit. He was the Holy Spirit, Son of God. He lived through the church ages as Son of God. Now, in the millennium, he'll be Son of David. Setting upon the throne of his father, David. He is the son of David now. And remember, between the son of God and the lady of the church age, they put him out. And in Luke, he said he would be revealed again as son of man. The prophet fulfilling the rest of it. The scriptures tie perfectly together. Son of man. Son of God. Son of David. What was it? It's the same God all the time. Just changing his form. In Morpheus, he just changed it. It's a great drama to him. He's acting it out. He came as Son of Man, the prophet. Done exactly. Even that little woman in all of her sin there at the well, she recognized him. 
She said, we know the Messiah's coming, which is called the Christ. That's what he'll do. See? She recognized because she was a predestinated seed. Then she, where the rest of them didn't recognize it, they had nothing to recognize with. They were in sin to begin with. For, for his acts, he changes his form. Then he came the form of son of man for the reformer's age. Wesley, Luther, and all down through the... And then we find out that they got it so bundled up, just like the Israelites did. So when he does appear in the last days in the Pentecostal age as the Holy Spirit, they rejected it. Amen. They did the same thing Israel did. Amen. And what does he do now? Return us, son of man. Amen. And then from that, son of David. See how close we are? Son of man. Son of David. Son of God. He's revealed in the last days the son of man. According to Malachi 4, all the rest of prophecies pertaining to this hour. No more dealing with the church after they put him out. On the outside, knocking at the door. Some predestinated seed in there, yet he must get to them. God and man had emptied himself. Joel 2, 28, we find out. He said, I will pour out in the last days my spirit. Now, if you notice uh, the word there, Greek word, I may have this wrong, but the one I could find, you have to watch the words. The English sometimes means double meanings. Just like the word, we say God. God created the heavens and earth, Genesis 1. But now, in the Bible, it said, in the beginning, Elohim. Now, Elohim, the English calls God. But it really wasn't Elohim. Anything could be God, the, the word God. You can make an idol of God. You can make that piano a God. You can make anything a God. But it isn't so in the word Elohim. It means a self-existing one. See? That piano cannot be self-existent. Nothing else can be self-existent. So the word Elohim means he that always existed. God can mean anything. See the difference in the word? Now, when it said here that he emptied himself or poured out, now we think like this, that he vomited up. The English word of emptied or poured out from him. See, something went out of him that was different from him. But the word kenosis in the Greek does not mean that he vomited up or some, his arm went off or his eye went out. Another person. That is, he changed himself. He poured himself into, amen, into another mask, into another form. Not another person went out of him called the Holy Spirit, but it was he himself. Amen. You get it? He himself poured himself into the people. Christ in you. How beautiful, how wonderful to think God pouring himself into the human being, into the believer, pour out. It was a part of his drama to do so. God, all the fullness, all the Godhead bodily was in this person, Jesus Christ. 
He was God and God alone. Not a third person or a second person or a first person, but the person. God veiled in human flesh. First Timothy three sixteen. without controversy. Great is the mystery of God. For G-O-D, Elohim, capital G-O-D, in the Bible, referred back, anybody refers to, in the original it said Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim. See? And Elohim, without controversy, great is the mystery of Elohim. For Elohim was made flesh, and we handled him. Elohim, veiled in human flesh, the great Jehovah, the cover all space, time, and everywhere, was made man. We handled him, Elohim, in the beginning, Elohim, and Elohim was made flesh, dwelt among us. What? This is his way, the parts of a drama. That's the way he's to act it out. His way of revealing himself to us as some different person. We are mortal, and he knows that. And we only understand his mortals. We only know his mortals. We only know as our senses will let us know. And the rest of it we have to believe by faith. We have to say there is a God, whether we see him or not. We believe it anyhow. See? Where there is or not, we still believe it because uh, God said so. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, great and marvelous are thy works, and we are so in awe inspired to see the ministry of Moses and to see that in Christ and to see that same angel which led them with us today, leading us to the promised land. Father, May you continue to manifest yourself among us and be in the midst of us. Like Moses pleaded with you to be, in the name of Jesus Christ you pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Speak.
Good night. 